Just the look of the call makes you so giddy to be an American duck hunter. Bring the beat back. Chad Belling back at you. Chad's an OG, but his call calling game ain't got nothing on me. Get him, boys. That's a duck. Hey, in this room, it's so hot in here, maybe I'll start to believe it myself. Welcome to the foul life. We merely exist in a duck's world. We train, breathe, and live by the migration. All of that goes into this crazy life of a duck hunter. We're steadfast, unwavering, the last of a breed. It is our right to hunt. I still believe it's a privilege, too. We are the foul life with Chad Velding. Proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, and Traeger. It's so foul, like birds and stuff. Everybody, what's going on? Chat building the Foul Life podcast. This is actually the Foul Life Midwest series podcast with my main man, Joel Clayfish. Today, he invites very special guest, president and executive director of the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association, Bruce Ross. Bruce is the man I've got to sit down, have lunch with him at a little bar in Madison called The Old Fashioned. We got a lot of business done. We are the title sponsor of the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association's Expo that happened in August in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. We got a lot of cool stuff popping with the state of Wisconsin. Big announcements coming with Travel Wisconsin, their Tourism Bureau. And today's episode is going to touch on that. The guys also touch on opening day of teal season, early season Canada goose, mentoring and introducing new people to waterfowl hunting, a ton of stuff. And one of the ones that I get fired up about is when Joel Clayfish talks about cooking waterfowl him and Bruce start laying down some recipe ideas and what it means to make waterfowl ducks and geese taste good. I'm just fired up about everything we got going on in the state of Wisconsin. I'm very grateful and thankful for my friendship with Joel Clayfish, his wonderful, beautiful wife, Rebecca, all of his crew up there, the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association, Tourism Wisconsin and Travel Wisconsin, and everybody that is putting together a bright future for our relationship, our partnership. We want to shed light on how special this state is, and that's exactly Exactly what the Midwest series of the Foul Life podcast does. We need to break here for a second, listen to a few words from our sponsors, pay some bills, and then it's right back to the Foul Life Midwest series with host Joel Clayfish and his special guest Bruce Ross of the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. We'll begin in a moment. The Foul Life Midwest series with Joel Clayfish. You are not going to believe this. The Foul Life is going to work with Travel Wisconsin, and we are going to be the official show of Travel Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Department of Tourism. Wow, that's phenomenal. Don't flare. Joel will dish Wisconsin's explosive waterfowl secrets after the break. We've had the provider mentality for a long time. Growing up and watching dad and mom cook wild game, whether it was an Italian lasagna or a spaghetti, I watched in awe and I couldn't wait to be old enough to do it. Then we got to travel and meet all of these different chefs at all these different lodges in Argentina and Uruguay or Paraguay or Arkansas or Missouri or Chef Mark Lindsay who you hear on the podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody, a lot up in Minnesota at Trapper's Landing, part of the Reed's family of brands. And I started to learn so many different unorthodox, out-of-the-box ways of preparing Mr. Billy Bogey's smothered deer steak at Prairie Wings Duck Club in Arkansas or the duck empanadas at Duck Guides of Argentina. And they all became part of the provider cookbook. 
the provider mentality at theproviderlife.com. Our rubs, our original 10 in the ultimate pack, including the swine and the flaky, the spawn, the drop time, the foul, the crosshairs, the Brit, the dragon, the Sonora. Then we introduced the brand beef rub and the mother cluck and chicken rub. And you can find recipes at theproviderlife.com. Check out the provider TV on the My Outdoor TV app, Mo TV, part of the Outdoor Sportsman's Group and the Outdoor Channel family of brands. We got more coming. We got so much more coming. Good luck out in the field. Good luck out on the rivers. I hope you get those wild turkey nuggets and that pickle juice right away and get ready to throw down with some different rubs on them. The provider lifestyle. We're so honored to live it. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be outdoorsmen, hunter, gatherers, conservationists, and providers. Again, theproviderlife.com. Thank you for visiting. If you're tired of settling for second-rate gear that doesn't perform when it counts, look no further than Bandit, the ultimate choice for hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. From top-of-the-line hunting jackets to ultra-comfortable, meticulously crafted waders, Bandit has everything you need to take your outdoor game to the next level. Their gear and innovations are anything but average, designed to give you the edge you need to succeed. But it's not just their gear that makes Bandit stand out. Bandit accessories like their backpacks, blind bags, gun cases, and more are built to withstand anything the outdoors can throw at you. Head to Bandit.com and experience the difference for yourself. Choose Bandit and dominate the outdoors like never before. You're on the X, the home of the Foul Life Midwest Series podcast with Wisconsin's own Joel Clayfish. People always say, why do you love goose hunting so much? And I'll say it's because they're the biggest thing that flies in the sky that I can shoot at. The Foul Life Midwest Series podcast is brought to you in part by Benelli, Federal Premium, Black Cloud, High Viz Sites, Bandit Brands, and Yukonuba. Now let's cut them and join the Foul Life Midwest Series host, Joel Clayfish. What is up, everybody? You're listening to the Foul Life Podcast Midwest Series. I'm your host, Joel Clayfish. Hot, hot, hot in the Midwest. 99 degrees today, and we're less than two weeks away from the opening of waterfowl hunting in the state of Wisconsin. I don't care how hot it is. Speaking of hot, Bruce Ross, the executive director of the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. The man, the myth, the legend, and an awesome waterfowl hunter. How excited are you? We are this close to the waterfowl season already doesn't feel like it but we're going to be out there in in shorts yeah. and camo yeah. trying to knock swatting, them down swatting mosquitoes and uh, hopefully pulling the trigger on some teal i'm more of a teal hunter than a goose hunter but uh really excited about it. a lot of good things happening between now and then though too yeah that's a fact man i'll tell you what i usually switch out to like number four or five when i'm trying to shoot down the mosquitoes out there uh they take a while in the crock pot though i'm not gonna lie <laughs> bruce ross Talk to me. We've got some mind-blowing new information. We've got some mind-blowing announcements that are going to happen on this podcast today. But but before we get into that, I want to ask you, how did you get into waterfowl hunting? I mean, I detect a slight East Coast accent, but you're here in Wisconsin. You are running the show of one of the organizations that I think is absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you why. Why I love the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association is because it defines grassroots. It is talking about the importance of the hunter to become a hunter, to understand the resource and to be out there putting that game from the field, from the pond, from the lake, onto your table. 
Waterfowl uh, Association, the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association, keeps a very pure heart when they do all this. How did you end up here? Yeah, well, I actually grew up in Pennsylvania, so you're not wrong on the East Coast twang. Uh, I went to the Coast Guard. I spent 28 years in the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard sent me back to Wisconsin or to Wisconsin for the first time 25 years ago. I fell in love with it. Uh, when I came time to retire, I decided I was going to hang out here. But uh, the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association is celebrating its 40th year this year. Holy cow. And, and uh, I learned to duck hunt about 40 years ago. A friend of mine from high school uh, took me out and I kind of got hooked. And that's what I took around the country with me uh, with the Coast Guard hunting uh, ducks because I wasn't associated with the land. I wasn't a, a deer hunter. So Ducks it was, and and uh, I'm, I'm tickled to be in this job as executive director of the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. I'm going to tell you what. I know organizations like Waterfowl Hunters Association, the uh, the Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, you know, Elks, the, the elk organizations, yeah. the whitetail organizations. Yeah, great organizations. They go through real ups and downs uh, because hunting goes through ups and downs. Hunters go through ups and downs. Right now in the state of Wisconsin, we're losing hunting numbers, but we're gaining them in the waterfowl area. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's still pretty flat. We went up a little bit during the COVID years, you know, much like uh, many outdoor activities, they experienced that COVID bump. Uh, waterfowling was not immune from that. Uh, it's tailed off a little bit in the year and a half, two years since then, but we hope to sustain it because that's what pays for uh, habitat work. That's what helps make sure we have a good voice in Madison when it comes time to representing waterfowl or interests. So uh, we, one of our missions is in fact, educating the next generation of waterfowlers. And so we're hoping to grow that number. Uh, nobody likes to have too much competition in the marsh, but when it comes time to represent waterfowling interests, it's good to have a lot of voices. I think sometimes what happens is groups like the Waterfowl Association and other groups that have really been kind of conservation slash hunting groups. Sometimes they're criticized for being afraid to move into the 21st century. Oh, yeah, it's old guys. It's old school. They're afraid of change. But in reality, I think one of the keys to survival and, and thriving is the ability to change as time changes, is the ability to embrace the newer technologies that are being used, uh, is the ability to say, hey, we have to care about the new generation getting off their three by seven inch two-dimensional, you know, things that are half time glued to their hands. It drives me absolutely batty, by the way. And so what is the key? What do we need to do to engage the young people and engage new hunters to get them out into the field? Yeah, I, well, I think we have to make it fun, right? And, yeah. and, we, and we have to make it uh, and tasty, ex accessible. And, and, you know, young waterfowlers, uh, really young waterfowlers may not be as excited about the, the taste of a duck. But we're finding that a, a, a generation, maybe uh, mid-20s through mid-30s, they're, they're chasing protein for the table. And so that's an avenue that we're trying to approach both women and men uh, who don't look necessarily like you and me, Joel. You I mean, mean they're not super handsome? Yeah, well, and, and maybe they have <laughs> uh, more hair than than me anyways. Whoa. But uh, but That's uh, a touchy subject with me. I, I work very hard to keep what little hair I have left, yeah, Bruce. Well, I gave up on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, so we're trying to find uh, ways to attract. We just launched a, uh, a program called the Waterfowlers Academy. And this... It's part of that is just branding about our learn to hunts, but part of it is recognition that uh, waterfowlers have to, uh, they start at one place early, you know, on the spectrum. And then uh, hopefully from newbie to uh, seasoned wa 
waterfowler, they're moving through that spectrum and transitioning to become a, a passionate conservationist. So we're trying to help waterfowlers all along that spectrum uh, with our education efforts from bringing them aboard as hunters, brand new hunters, to helping them make that transition of passionate conservationist. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I just, I don't want to completely wax nostalgic here, but I think one of the most important things, and I <clears> see it in these young, the young generation, and I'm, I see it, we got the Waterfowl Hunters Expo coming up uh, here this weekend, which is Wisconsin's largest waterfowl yeah, without, event. without question. I, I mean, we started this thing three years ago, trying to create an event for state waterfowlers, uh, not trying to make a lot of money on it, but just to bring that community together. And this is everything waterfowling. So if you're one of those newbies coming to the sport, you can look at the decoy carving, the dog work, the shooting activities that we've got, the vendors and the new technology that's coming along, the art that's going to be visible there. Um, there's so much to do there that somebody who is interested in waterfowling, not sure where they fit, they're going to be able, they're going to find out how to waterfowl there, but they're also going to see opportunities that allow them to expand that that experience into the off season. Yeah, and one of the awesome things about it is, you know, the Fowl Life is one of the main sponsors of the event. We were yeah. there last year on on year two, and it blew my mind how successful it was. We had droves of people coming up yeah. to us all day long, and I have to tell you, my head is spinning with everything that's going to be going on because. The Fowl Life booth is one of the biggest premier booths at the event. Yeah, no question. I'm doing a cooking segment for the provider. And Arguably I've- the most popular event uh, seminar we had last year was, Joel, you cooking at at the worst time frame that we gave you late in the afternoon. It was raining outside uh, and you packed that that seminar room. It was impressive. Well, I got to tell you, you have to show up to this because I am making what people are telling me is the locally world famous wild goose pot pie. And if you are one of those people out there who says Canada goose is gross or disgusting, come on out because my wife and I just ordered off of Amazon those little cups that fold out and you are going to get a decent sized sample. I baked four of them ahead of time. We're going to bake one. We're going to show you how to do it at home and eat goose that tastes better than you have ever tasted it before. So I'm doing that. I'm also judging with you. Kakich and I are roping you into it. What? I, this, is, this is new Whoa, news Oh, this me. is new. You go, oh, there's going to be lots new today. But you're going to be roped into judging the meat calling contest. Now, this event this weekend is literally the official goose and duck calling contest winning contest crowning event yeah that's right for the state for the state if, if goose you and duck if, calling if you win one of those contests we've got some pretty good callers in those groups uh if you win that contest uh you're going down to stuttgart in the duck calling area or in goose calling you're going out to the east coast so so you'll compete nationally really in the international contests in those locations so so come on out you want to hear some of the best callers in the state this is a good chance to do that but if you don't but, have a stage patter down, if you're not a competition, if you're caller, new at it, if you want to try it, you know this is your opportunity because the Fowl right. Life and Joel is sponsoring right. this uh, meat calling contest. We're having so, a meat calling contest, and Jargon Calls is sponsoring it. And we've got Jargon Calls to give away. We've got Banded Swag to give away. The Fowl Life Swag to give away, and it's going to be awesome. You sign up at the event, and this is going to be for those people who may not think that they're ready for the official state goose calling or duck calling championship. Come on out. I'm going to judge it. Bruce, you may 
may not have known, but you're going to judge it. I did it. not know and this. And Mark Kakich, the former state duck calling champion, he's going to. I'm gonna... still waiting for the rules. Uh, we missed the deadline on printing up the rules, Joel. So well, that's because there are just, no rules. You're just going to have to broadcast it it's when one, people show up. Uh, one minute, one minute to call, and whoever the three uh, Jamokes decide. And you know, I Jessica Ann, who does some stuff on on the Outdoor Channel, she might swing by too and and uh, and, and displace help us me out too. Okay, so, no, she's not displacing you. You're gonna you're gonna be there. I have to tell you something though. One of the things, one of my favorite parts of the Waterfowl Hunters Expo is that you have all these young kids who are, they're they're on their phones the whole time. What is the thing that gets them off of social media and off of fake reality into actual reality? And that's waterfowl hunting. And when I see these young folks in there talking with the old timers, there is nothing that gets me more excited than when an old timer is talking about what they do and what they have done in the field throughout the years. And they talk about silhouettes. Hey kids, silhouettes ain't something new. They were using painted silhouettes on wood boards 50, 60 years ago. Uh, and hearing some of those stories and watching the connections in those kids faces is something that I cannot tell you it cannot is not much more exciting well kids of all ages that 80 year old kid who's reliving that youth of of being a waterfowler at at 12 or 16 and i mean that's pretty cool so uh you it only costs 10 bucks to get in but if you're 13 and younger you're free so bring we're, we're trying to make sure that that kids see a doorway into this waterfowling and outdoor world they're not just free. We've got activities. We're giving away thousands of dollars of prizes to kids who show up to paint decoys, uh, who show up to place decoys, who uh, get a chance to build a duck call. Uh, they, they're going to be building lures, um, I presumably out of uh, duck feathers to make it connected to waterfowling. But but uh, they'll be able to take that stuff home with them. There's so much stuff going on for kids that includes a youth shooting opportunity, a kind of a sporting clays opportunity for 14 to 17 yeah, year olds. It's going mean, to be awesome. It's phenomenal. That's There's just giveaways the too. There's a ton of giveaways. We've got giveaways at our booth. In fact, we've got an entire Kershaw knives package that you can sign up to win at the Fowl Life booth. We're going to be giving away samples of wild goose. Uh, you can come and try the provider spices on wild goose. And I'm going to tell you, you are going to see how delicious waterfowl can be. But before we leave the time, topic of the younger generation understanding the importance of the generation that goes before us. I'm so excited. Uh, the Fowl Life is doing a 9-11 special with first responders from 9-11. Now, to the younger generation, 20 to 30-year-olds, they don't even remember 9-11. They weren't, you know, really around or old enough to remember 9-11. And the Outdoor Channel is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, and 9 p.m. Eastern. On Monday, September 11th, they're going to be airing Have We Forgotten, a 9-11 one-hour special with the Fowl Life. Uh, we took some of these... Uh, first responders, the the Hodges brothers, they were there on 9-11. One of the Hodges uh, brothers uh, was his first day on the New York firefighting force that wow. day. Wow. And I'm going to tell you something. And, you know, that's one thing about Belding, man. And he loves to give me the business. You know, that guy gives me the business. But that guy cares about making sure patriotism remains a priority in this country. So 
if you get a chance, make sure you check out the Outdoor Channel uh, and check out the 9-11 special. You know, Brothers in Arms, the Hodges Brothers, and that's a one-hour special, Have We Forgotten? And it's on the Outdoor Channel airing at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. East, uh, Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It is going to be an incredible look back and how waterfowling and getting out there and hunting with friends is an actual therapeutic thing uh, for those who have sacrificed so much for this country. And and I had the honor and privilege of, of being out there with those guys and hunting with them and being able to cook for the crew out there. And I cannot describe to you what that felt like and how heartfelt and moving that was to be a part of that. Make sure to set your DVR if you can't watch it because it's going to air on 9-11, the, the Foul Life uh, special, and it's just going to be phenomenal. I, I'm telling you, I've, I get chills just thinking about it and what it was like to meet those guys. Uh, those guys, you know, there are people who run away from tragedy and these guys run toward tragedy. And when 9-11 was happening, they're personally responsible for saving lives and essentially not caring about their own. And so many people don't realize the chemicals they were exposed to and, and the things they were exposed to affect the rest of their lives. So many of the firefighters and first responders have ended yeah, up sick or or even dead because of what they were exposed to at that moment. Yeah, I was a first responder during uh, 9-11, but here you, in, Mil in Milwaukee, were, in Milwaukee. Okay. So I was uh, head of the Coast Guard base downtown and and that just changed the way the coast guard looked at the world and so so for uh, the foul life and chad and you joel to honor those who were there at the front lines of first responders i mean is is both uh, heartwarming and touching and and uh, makes me all the prouder to work with the foul life and you guys yeah well it's i think it's just going to be a really moving special and again like i was saying it's so important for that younger generation to have an understanding of what it means to yeah. stand up for people who share this common love for this country. And there's nobody who does it more than folks in the military and law enforcement and the, in the fire departments across this country um, who are really ready and willing to say, I will stand, I will give what I have in my life that someone else's life is better or that someone else survives. And I, I just think I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. I've been getting little pieces of it here and there. Um, Tom Rasheen is an absolute genius, uh, works for the foul life. He puts this stuff together and I just can't wait to see it. I, uh, are you ready for some mind blowing information? I don't know. You, you teased me a little bit with this. So I'm, a, I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, let's, let's hear it, Joel. About two months ago, uh, Chad Belding came out to Wisconsin. You know, he loves Wisconsin. Yeah. He's, he's been here. We've shot episodes of The Foul Life here. We've got the, the Midwest hub here in Wisconsin. And, and I'm going to tell you what, that is going to grow exponentially. We had a meeting with you, uh, with the former chief warden, Todd Schaller, who's a fantastic guy, George Ermert. And we talked about how we can work with the waterfowl, uh, the Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. We're going to, we've already started that relationship, which we is have. fantastic with we the have. Waterfowl Hunters Expo and other things. On that day, we also had a meeting with the Wisconsin Department of Tourism. And uh, we had a meeting with Craig Trost, uh, who's over at Travel Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Department of Tourism. And I, you are not going to believe this. I'm literally, the hair on my back of my neck is standing up. The Foul Life 
is inking a deal and going to work with Travel Wisconsin and promote Wisconsin tourism and Travel Wisconsin on the Foul Life television show, the Foul Life Midwest podcast, the Foul Life podcast through provider brands, banded brands. We are going to be the show for Travel Wisconsin. Come to Wisconsin. Experience tourism here. Experience waterfowl hunting here. Experience kayaking, mountain biking, rock climbing, the most beautiful outdoors this country has to offer the Great Lakes, the Mississippi River, more inland lakes than any other state, including you guys over in Minnesota. But I am so excited. Um, we just uh, came to this deal with Travel Wisconsin, the Foul Life, Chad Belding and I, and the entire team at the Foul Life, Jennifer Swenson and everybody else is so excited that we are going to kind of be the official show of Travel Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Department of Tourism. Wow, that's phenomenal. And, and you know, Wisconsin has such a great waterfowling heritage and such a great outdoor experience I, for the fowl life to be promoting that and working with our, uh, our state officials on that. Uh, and, and with Wisconsin waterfowl association during a period of time where, where we are growing, I think it's a, it'll be a great synergy. And my mind is kind of blown. Now, it's like, know? wow, I told you this I, blows your yeah. mind, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, just, just think about that for a second. The opportunities are endless and nowhere else. I mean, nowhere else is quite like Wisconsin. We've got 600,000 deer hunters, the Orange Army that heads out on opening day. We have got some of the most beautiful state parks, Devil's Lake State Park, and some of the most beautiful topography in, in the country with the Kettle Moraine and the hiking trails. We have supper clubs like nowhere else in the country. Imagine being able to feature the supper clubs uh, the festivals of Wisconsin. We've got the world's largest music festival. We've got um, Milwaukee, which offers the, the lakefront, the lakefront activities. We have more ethnic foods and cultural foods in the state of Wisconsin than anywhere else in the country. I cannot believe that uh, Wisconsin and the fall life are going to team up. I'm so excited about it. I just, I can't stand it. And it all fits so well with the fall life because the fall life is not about, about just life. hunting birds. It's about the life that you can embrace. If you uh, want to utilize Wisconsin's resources to bring them to the table, to bring them to the entertainment of your family, and to bring them to the joy that you get to have when you exist in this state. Yeah, there's so much diversity in the state. I mean, just, just focusing on waterfowling, I know there's a lot more to it than that, but I mean, you can do layout boat hunting in uh, Lake Michigan and, and collect uh, sea ducks. You can uh, collect cans on the uh, mighty Mississippi, you you can do traditional marsh hunting in between. And, and uh, there's so much history here and so much enthusiasm for the outdoor life that, that the fowl life, I think, is really going to only be able to barely scratch the surface in the years to come. It is. And, you know, I think, we, you know, we have the, we register the biggest bucks in the entire country here in the state of Wisconsin as well. A lot of people think, oh, that's got to be Iowa or that's got to be Kansas. It's actually here. And, uh, there's a little known county called Buffalo County, uh, which, registers some of the largest well the largest literally the largest deer in the entire country the largest some of the largest whitetails in the world but the climate here for wisconsin the the beauty of it is it's got a real there is a real synergy between people who utilize the outdoors for hunting people who utilize it for camping hiking kayaking boating there is no limit and every family 
whether it has a hunter in it or doesn't have a hunter in it, there are people who get to use the conservation and the beautiful uh, resources here in the yeah. state of Wisconsin. In, in, my, in my time with the Coast Guard, I moved all around the country, been to a lot of different states, and they're all great in their own way. But I, I made a conscious decision to retire here in, in the state, great state of Wisconsin. Uh, it does have a unique character that is welcoming. And I think uh, the foul life will certainly be welcomed. And uh, there's just going to, you're going to have a tough time getting it all in. <laughs> we are, but uh, you know, knowing I, I want to be, I want to be a part of that uh, brandy old fashioned uh Sure. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking about that. I was thinking that you could do like, you could do a fish fry tour. You could do a brandy old fashioned tour. You could do a supper club tour. You could do festival tours. You could do ethnic food tours. And what is fascinating to me, just for one example, um, you know, carp, for example, that is not a fish that is often sought after. But I met um, some little old ladies at the at the Jewish Cultural Center in Milwaukee, and they made gefilte fish out of sure. carp. So the beauty of wild game, and this is something that I'm really trying to start to explore, and and the provider rubs because they run the gamut from everything that's got you know like a dill kind of seasoning in the crosshairs, but they have a dragon, which has got your Asian influences and that kind of food. One of the fun things once you get comfortable cooking wild game, then you can start cooking wild game in ethnic recipes so you don't have to do i mean we've done alligator euros for the provider here when when chad and the crew were here the last time we made an alligator euro tower which is a traditionally greek or mediterranean dish so one of the things that we're going to do with the provider and it's going to continue to expand and um Ali Beck Stanley is working on all of the provider stuff as far as recipes and you can take a look on Instagram on the provider life Instagram you will see all these recipes and ways to take wild game once you start getting comfortable cooking wild game there is no reason you can't use wild game in every recipe from every type of food you like from uh eastern asian dishes to Mexican Mexican dishes uh, to you, you can do a type of poutine that's got, uh, you know, wild game in it. There is no limit. And if you notice that I like to talk about food, it's because I think food is my favorite dish and I love eating just as much as I love hunting. And it's a way to connect people with, with the outdoors once again. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not as a very experimental cooker with, with the game I harvest, but you're inspire me right now with the, <laughs> with the hand waving and the enthusiasm. And yes, you and, can't uh, see hand waving yes. on a podcast, but I do, you know, my, my mother is a hundred percent Italian and she's first generation American from yeah. Italy, from Bari, Italy. And I had the, I had the honor and privilege to see where my grandfather lived, the house he grew up in before he came on a boat, uh, to the United States, uh, back in the 1800s, literally my grandpa fought in world war one for the United States, which is fascinating because not my great grandfather, my regular old grandpa fought in world war one, not world war two. Um, if he were alive today, he'd be 137 years old, but my mom is a hundred percent little. And when I say little, she's all maybe makes five feet. She's a little Italian lady. And I watched her cook my entire life. And, you know, there were great times and lean times. And you do not have to be wealthy. Um, you do not have to be, you know, have access to fancy foods 
to take wild game and to end up being able to master it and serve it to people. Joel, when did you take up hunting? I didn't take up hunting till I was 38 years old. Right. So, so were you a cook before that? Can you imagine that? that? I was not. I mean, I so cooked So wild for game the brought you to cooking? Well, I don't know if I'd say that. I, my wife, I'm more the cook in the family just probably because of my Italian roots. So I always cooked, yeah. but I would say I did not develop the passion I have for cooking until it was, I really love, so this, gonna be strange i love magic i love magic now you're gonna say what in the there's a connection i feel a connection being hell does magic have to do with cooking i love that moment in somebody's face when they look surprised by something and that's what magic is and to me for so many people out there who are afraid of wild game or they say it's gross or disgusting or i don't want to try it that look in their face when they try something that is i mean in this home alone we've eaten nilgai uh wild goat alligator iguana goose duck in the last two months so when i look at somebody's face and they're eating an alligator euro and they look up and say oh my gosh that's unbelievable there's nothing more that's magic to me that's just like doing a magic trick and they look up at you and they say how do you do it the only difference is it's a lot easier to do it with cooking than it is with actual magic yeah well, that, well that's <laughs> impressive i i mean i'm I, like i said i'm not a very experimental cook but uh, you're inspiring and to me i guess that magic that you see in someone's face when they try something is the same magic that I like to see in somebody's face when they harvest their first yeah. game yeah. or they see that sunrise that they've been sleeping through for the last 10 years yeah. of their life. Or do you ever notice when you're with somebody, a youth or some new hunter and they, they drop their first bird, they don't cheer, jump up and down. Yeah. They look straight at you, the person who took them. They look at you because they want you to confirm that it actually yeah. happened. Yeah. And and that they did it right, and and uh, and there's a sense of pride associated with that too. Sometimes a little bit of fear, you know. With there's with all having, the emotions having having uh, killed an, an animal. And don't take that lightly. Yeah. I, I I don't. When someone, I I've had people who have wept when they kill their first yeah. animal because of the gravity of taking a life. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have that emotion. You should have that emotion, right. but. That emotion and that understanding of the fact that you do have to kill something in order to eat it, I think is a more important feeling to have than if you go to the grocery yeah, store yeah, and no buy question. it. No question. And, and, and connecting people to that, where the source of food is, is part of the importance of hunting and, and connects us to the outdoors. So Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, when I, when I see that look on someone's face in the blind and they look at you and it, I've had kids... I've had adults for that matter, where you go two, three times and you don't harvest anything and you, you leave the field and they look at you and they're carrying their shotgun on their shoulder or they're carrying their rifle uh, on a sling out of it. And they look over at you and they're like, I can't believe what that sounded like in the morning when, when the woods started waking up or when the marsh starts waking up. For the, for those who are coffee drinkers, the best cup of coffee happens about 45 minutes before sunrise in a marsh, in my estimation, because you're watching that world come alive. Yeah, yeah there's nothing quite like it. And it, I guess, you know, most people who are listening to us and who are going to be listening to this podcast, they're, they're avid hunters. I mean, let's just be realistic about it. Most people who are going to press go on Spotify and listen to this are avid hunters. But it's our duty, and it's your duty if you're listening, 
to grab that person who's not an avid hunter. Everybody, it's a lot easier for people in society to be critical of a world they don't know and a world they yeah. don't understand. You're absolutely right. And that's part of the thought process behind uh, WWA's Waterfowlers Academy is that we're trying to connect mentors with people who have an interest but don't have the skill sets, the knowledge, are intimidated by the whole experience. And waterfowling, let's face that, is probably one of the highest bars of entry. So you have a whole bunch of gear. There's a whole bunch of you have to identify this duck or that duck. Uh, you know, what shot shell do I use? Uh, where do I set up? Oh, I need decoys too. I got money I have to invest in this. So if we can make it easier for people to cross that uh, threshold, and experience what you and I experience out there in the marsh. I mean, that talk about magic. That's magic. And that's part of our duty, though, because we're the guys with the gear. Yeah. You know, we're the yeah. guys with the gear. We're the guys who've got the permission on the fields, uh, on the farms, on the waterways. We're the guys who have the boats and the decoys and the spinners yeah. and the flags and the layout blinds. So you don't have to get into waterfowling all at once. But I'm going to tell you, you know, we had the events, the Assembly of Sportsmen's Caucuses back when I was in the legislature. And we had 22 new people show up and fire a firearm for the first time in their life. And, and all of a sudden they weren't fearful of it anymore. They saw it for what it is, a tool. And then beyond that, a source of potential entertainment or enjoyment or family function, um, you know, go out with your family. Trap clubs are growing in the high schools around the country. And so many of those people, I ended up hunting with some of those people. Now they're decked out and you don't yeah. have to buy waterfowl gear all at once. Uh, you can, you know, wait for a sale on it or you can buy it piece by piece. Or I guarantee you, you know, somebody who's willing to pass you down a few items but it's our job as th those of us who live and breathe it on a daily basis. And I can tell you, I am one tired mother during the waterfowl season because I'm up at 3.30 in the morning setting up decoys, hunting till 8. Then I'm heading to work and working a full day and, and I'm cashed by 8 o'clock yeah, at and night. And then scouting maybe scouting for the next scouting day. Scouting so. for the next day. And yeah. I'll be out in the field four, five, six times a week during the waterfowl season before work. And people say, well, oh, could that hurt you? you at work could this no because when you put that at the beginning of your day i'll be damned if you are going to complain about little things during the day you have started your day in a yeah. fashion in a way with the excitement and adrenaline that very few people uh take in the morning and do and when that happens that sets you up for the whole day and i'm never happier than when i'm out of the field in the morning yeah. heading to work because number one whether we killed geese ducks didn't kill them. You have a story and you have a basis for your day that started in the glorious outdoors of the state. Yeah. And, and that sportsman's caucus you mentioned uh, in the legislature has kind of disbanded since you left the legislature. And well, we're, we're working on putting it back together. Yeah. I've been putting some pressure on folks like uh, Senator Staffschult and some of the other folks. We, I, I'm not giving up that easily. It kind of fell apart after I left. And I think we've got some folks who are willing to get back at it. And I think it's important. And I think it's real important that those who make the laws that govern us in the field have an understanding yeah. of what it's like to be in the field. Yeah, absolutely. We took uh, Representative Alex Dahlman out into his first duck hunt. He was a deer hunter, but uh, never duck hunter before we took him out. Uh, we had two birds to fly, flew close to us. 
He pulled the trigger on both of them. He dropped both of them. So his first wow. two shots as a duck hunter that is dropped rare. two birds. And uh, my dog managed to retrieve them. They were they were difficult retrieves, so I was very proud about that. But uh, Alex has uh, – he should just hang it up right now because his percentage of shooting is never going to be I would have definitely better. explained to him. You know, that's like when you take the kid out. <laughs> take a, uh, Took a 13-year-old uh, young man out, and he shot uh, – 11 and a half inch bearded 20 pound yeah, Tom. Right. It's not going to And I look better. at him, I said, just, okay, listen, this isn't going to be the way it goes yeah. every time. And you know what he did? He looked at me and he said, I don't care. It yeah. was so great. I had so much fun before the turkeys ever came that I can't wait to go again. And that's the kind of excitement that you can instill in people uh, when you get out there and you waterfowl or turkey hunt or any so, kind of hunt. So Joel, other than uh, taking new people out and creating that magic in their eyes, what do you enjoy about duck hunting? What, you know, you, you took it up late in life. So what's the, what's the, <laughs> well, the I'm going to tell you this. People always say, why do you love goose hunting so much? And I'll say it's because they're the biggest thing that flies in the sky that I can shoot at. I, uh, I've been working, I actually put a, a sporting clay, a trap thrower in my backyard, an automatic trap thrower to get better at my shooting uh, abilities. And I'm working on my calling abilities as well, because no matter how good you are. And you're going to be a judge in the meat calling yeah, contest? Well, hey, that's, yeah, why, it's guess, the, that's yeah. why I'm judging the meat calling contest. Yeah, I, I guess you Bruce. don't have to, uh, order a meal just by reading the menu. <laughs> and it's, I'll tell you the best thing, honest to gosh, for me is the side ache that I have when I leave the field, when I waterfowl hunt with some good friends, when you're out there and you are laughing till it hurts, your guts hurt more from laughing than they do from sitting up in your layout blind. That's the best thing about yeah, it. It's a real, laughing. it's a real social experience. And that's probably the, one of the most favorite parts I have about duck hunting is, is you, you can sit there and you can talk, you know, you're looking around and you're, and you're trying to figure out, you know, have we got the decoy set straight, but you're talking about life. And so back to the foul life, it's about life, not just about the foul. No doubt about it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, when you knock that, you know, blue wing yeah. teal down and it's got a band around its leg, That's there are cool. very few trophies you come out of the field with as exciting as that. But I will say I could look at all the bands I shot and not tell you the birds they were on, but I can certainly tell you the memories I have with friends on great hunts that we've been out there. And, yeah. and even the worst hunt, when you're out there slogging through the mud and it's cold and miserable, you talk about that hunt a lot afterwards. Yeah, you sure do. And, it's still and that's a good the memory. memory. I'm, I'm, I'm here in your basement looking at all these dead heads on your on your walls. And, and we were talking earlier about a memory associated with each one of those. I mean, that's what duck hunting is. That's what, what any sort of hunting is. It, it produces a memory, produces a connection with your mate that you know, it's tough to replicate. It's elsewhere. tough to beat. You can't yeah. beat it. Which wow. includes your dog, by the way. My One of my favorite experiences in the field is uh, when my dog does something right or when it does something stupid and, you know, we just start laughing about it. So, it, I mean, the dog work for me is a big part of, of uh, waterfowling. And that's the cool thing about being a waterfowl hunter is there are so many different things to enjoy about it. Everything yeah. from sunrises to sunsets to yeah. pickups to the breakfast in the blind and, uh, and you'll see to the all dinner that. afterward. And you'll see all that at the Waterfowl Hunters Expo uh, this coming Saturday. Great weather is forecasted, so I hope you get out there. But, you know, from decoy carving, there's there, we're getting decoys from all over the uh, continent that are going to be involved in this uh this it's going to be absolutely incredible i can't wait i'm very excited about it what an awesome podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh we'll see you next time on the follow life podcast midwest series i'm your host joel clayfish we'll see you next time 
the fallow life. How many birds in this area moved out? Can't kill them on the couch. How many new birds took your place? The Benellis were barking, don't get me wrong. You're listening to the Fowl Life. Chad Belding! Live it. Hey everybody, it's Chad Belling with the Foul Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5 inch 12 gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new real tree max 7 camouflage pattern also included is a four thousand dollar online shopping spree from our friends at banded greenhead gear and avery outdoors plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st through October 31st. Again, go to shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 and prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. We cook a lot, and we like our wild game to be legit. Our recipes mean a lot to us, out of the box, unorthodox thinking, that provider mentality. We eat what we harvest. We eat what we catch. I love the organic lifestyle and nutrition and diet. We eat wild game seven days a week in one meal, sometimes two and three meals. My daughter, Alyssa, loves eating wild game. My nephew, Chase, all of our family has grown up and still lives on the value of sustainability. And Napa Valley olive oil is there for us. The Particelli family are hunters. They're fishermen, they're outdoorsmen, they're gatherers, they're providers. They are old Italian heritage that loves the outdoors. And this product, Napa Valley Olive Oil, located in the wine country of Napa, it's an amazing place. The store is amazing. The salamis, the cheeses, the fresh Italian meats, the sodas, the pastas, all of the different anchovies, everything that you need to do to be a complete outdoor chef. And even if you're cooking domestically, Napa Valley Olive Oil is bottled, old school style. The brand is amazing. The flavor is amazing. The culture of Napa Valley Olive Oil The friendship we have with Ray Ray and Dante and Jules and Stefano and the entire family, the entire Particelli clan means the world to us. 
Get online, NapaValleyOliveOil.com, and order the different flavored oils, the garlic, the lemon, you name it. They have it. It's Napa Valley Olive Oil. We're proud to have them in all of our recipes at The Foul Life, The Foul Life TV on the Outdoor Channel, and The Provider Life. Look for more recipes at TheProviderLife.com. Get yourself a provider cookbook. Napa Valley Olive Oil is all over it. Thank you to the Particelli family, and thank you all for supporting the brands that support us. The Foul Life. It's amazing to hear all this stuff going on in the state of Wisconsin. I told you that was a great conversation. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Mr. Bruce. Wisconsin Waterfowl Association. Y'all get ready for another expo, August 2024. We're going to be the title sponsor again, the Foul Life, the provider jargon. We're going to be up there with a lot of our brands, Bandit, Avery, Greenhead Gear, U, Canuba, Kershaw, Knives, Vortex Optics that are headquartered right there in the wonderful state of Wisconsin. Get up there, hunt, fish, camp. You guys got to check out the fish fries, the cheese curds, Wisconsin has so much to offer and that's why we're bringing you the midwest series right here at the foul life podcast hosted by my good buddy again joel clayfish i can't wait to be boots on the ground november chasing those big canada geese chasing those mallard ducks on water on dry land this state is absolutely gorgeous i'm fired up for it and i hope that the partnership with travel wisconsin is going to get you guys fired up we got a ton of news and updates coming on that soon i'm talking everything from university of wisconsin badger football Green Bay Packers, Milwaukee Brewers, Milwaukee Bucks, the breweries, the pubs, the restaurants, the culinary, the walleye, the cheese curds. That's why they call them cheese heads. It's squeaky cheese. We're going to talk about it all in upcoming episodes of the Midwest series, the Foul Life podcast. I hope that you guys are loving it. There's more exciting things to come from this series with Joel Clayfish. I'm signing off right now. I can't wait to get in Wisconsin, but first I'm headed to upstate New York to see my good buddy, Nick McNamara, Matt Williams, the crew at Basswood Lodge, including my good buddies, New York firefighters, FDNY, Jim Hodges, Bo Hodges, his brother. They're going to be there with us again. I hope you all got to lay your eyes on the 9-11 special we just aired on the Outdoor Channel. Have we forgotten? We're getting a ton of good feedback from it. We're trying to figure out a way to air it again. There's a lot of red tape to get through, but again... I can't wait to get the Basswood Lodge. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Midwest series with Joel Clayfish right here at the Foul Life. We'll be back at you with another exciting episode.